And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Doing the Work post-game show as tonight your number five ranked Indiana Hoosiers beat Minnesota 80-70. to Indiana now moves to 15-3 and on the season and 7-1 and in Big Ten play. And I'm your host, Kathy Amos, along here with my co-host, Jeff Marlowe, and we'll break it all down for you on this edition of Doing the Work the new show on the Back Home Network dedicated to covering IU women's basketball. So let's start this show the way we start every show, and that's with our banner moment. And, you know, Jeff, for me, tonight was just a slog, I think, for, for the ladies. Just from, from the tip-off until very late into the game, you know, they, they their defense wasn't really there for them tonight. First time all year they've allowed 70 points to be scored against them and um, by a team that only averages 69 and their office wasn't there, but they just kept grinding and grinding. And then for me, that banner moment came with 345 left in the game. And Lexi just had this beautiful pass down low to Grace Wagner. Grace had a backdoor cut. She put it up for two. And that's when we finally took the lead back um, 70 to 71. It was our first lead since 36 to 34 in the second quarter. And then we went back down on the other ends. Grace Wagner again helped on the baseline down there, ended up forcing a turnover, got it down to Nicole um, Cardano Hillary for a three on the other end. And then later we got the ball again. Grace Berger passed it down to Gold Bay for two, and now we're up 70 to 78. And that really sealed the deal for me. So that last um, 345 was really the entire banner moment for me. And as always, our banner moment today is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel. They're now in their fifth season of sponsoring the assembly call, and their first is the presenting member and sponsor of the Back Home Network. And did you know that among Homefield's large collection of vintage IU apparel is a shirt commemorating one of the most successful seasons in the history of the women's basketball program? It's true. And when you go to the IU collection, you'll find a T-shirt commemorating that 1983 season when Indiana won the Big Ten season, Big Ten <clears throat> title and made its first NCAA appearance. So given what our women's team is doing now under Tara Morin, it might be time for a new T-shirt for you. And if you support other college teams or have people in your life that do, Homefield has probably got something for them. Their product line now extends to over 120 schools and they're adding more each week. So no matter what you buy, you know it will be comfortable. The colors will last through many washings and plus you'll support an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly. So what could be better than that? You can go to homefieldapparel.com and you can use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That promo code again is HOME, H-O-M-E. Wear one for the team. Okay, now it's time to move the ball and find the open player and get some opening thoughts from the rest of uh, my team here. And I'm going to flip it over to you, Coach, to our Coach's Corner. Yeah, Kathy, I agree with you. I thought, you know, slog might have actually been a, a positive term for the night. Um, it just really – you and I were texting back and forth during the game with Ari just – the communication on the defensive end, how many times were I saw them on the defensive end where they weren't sure where they were on, on their switches that, you know, things that usually are pretty automatic for them. They, they really were struggling. And then with the uh, Scalia girl, uh, they really at times lost track of the only kid that was making shots and she was making deep shots. So I thought tonight it was, I'm sure at halftime they had a, a, an interesting time with Coach Morin because they were on pace to give up about 75 to 80. 
at the half. In fact, the first quarter they were on pace to give up 84. And so for a team that hangs its hat on the defensive end, I, I really thought that was kind of where the game was tonight. And, and offensively, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about this probably as we go deeper into the into the show. But there was just too many times tonight where I felt like the ball stuck with one person, it, whether it was with the dribble or just kind of holding it too long. And I thought that really got the offense bogged down at times. So it wasn't pretty. It was I wouldn't even give it a necessarily a B effort or a B grade effort. You know, it was okay, but as far as the way they can play probably a C and as I mentioned in the text or group text they're gonna have to play better on Saturday I'm not trying to be negative about it, but they just gonna have to play better than that because Minnesota was not at least coming into the game not even in the top near the top half of the Big Ten at least Purdue is going to be somewhere in that vicinity so yeah Minnesota was 10 and 12 overall coming into this game so this was definitely uh this was definitely not a, a, a not the kind of game I was expecting to see even even with Mac out for sure so, all right. Well, as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's win, though, over Minnesota, we will point out today's meaningful moment you might have missed, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to the Doing the Work postgame show. Again, my name is Kathy Amos. I'm here with my co-host, Jeff Marlowe, and we're breaking down that 80 to 70 win over Minnesota. So now it's time for meaningful moments that you might have missed. So um, Jeff, I'll kick it over to you first. Do you want to uh, talk about any of the moments that you saw that were meaningful to you? Well, I'll go with one stretch in the first half, Kathy, where again, we they were struggling. Uh, even in the first quarter, as we mentioned, they gave up 21 points in the first quarter, but we came out, started the second quarter on an 8-0 run. Grace with a field goal, Allie with a field goal, Grace with another field goal, and then Caitlin Peterson with a field goal. And I believe that might have been our only two points off the bench tonight. But that that 8-0 run forced Lindsey Whalen, the Minnesota coach, into a, into a timeout. And I felt like fine. I kind of like, okay, they were a little lethargic during the first quarter, maybe overlooking, you know, kind of thinking, you know, you know, Minnesota, not very good record-wise, but and then Minnesota came back to make a little run of their own, not a not an eight zero run, just kind of chipped away, and they had the lead at the half. But I thought that I thought that segment at the beginning of the second quarter was huge, just because I thought it at least showed some life in the kids. Yeah, I, I had that actually written down as well. And and then you had some smaller ones that were in here. Um, again, back to, to Grace Wagner with about a minute left in the third quarter. She came up really big, I thought, there as well with a really big block. And I thought, again, she came in and really showed some good hustle, especially on the defensive end. Um, I mentioned earlier in my banner moments, something from Grace. And then um, just, again, that, that big block from her, I, I thought that she – was put in a good time. She ended up giving us 10 minutes and two points. So I, I thought Grace's play was um, was in at the right time for sure. I um, also, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go for it. I was just going to say, I, I the other mo meaningful moment to me was kind of, I was, I was like, I was almost literally yelling at the TV, start of the fourth quarter. We're down one. Grace had hit a big shot to end the third quarter, got us back to within one. So basically played the third quarter even. But then Minnesota hit a field goal, go up three. Nikki hits a three to tie it. I made stars by it. Like, okay, now we're going to, now we just got to get a stop. I'm yelling at the TV, get a stop. Mm -hmm. Give up a three. We're down three. Lex hits a three. We're tied. I'm yelling at the, I made the, like, this is it. This is where we go. I'm yelling at the TV, get a stop. Yep. No, they hit another three. So now we're down three again. And then Caitlin Peterson, Caitlin got a free throw, but I was just like, get a stop. 
you know, if you could get a stop, get the lead. And I thought that back to your banner moment, I thought that was the key moment. Once they finally got a lead, I think Minnesota kind of felt like, when's the other shoe going to drop? Because they'd been, they'd had the lead, they had that confidence, but yet Indiana was able to get a lead. And to me, that was just, it, it didn't go back and forth after that. Once Indiana took the lead, they took the lead for good. Yeah. And they took it at the right time. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. <laughs> so that's all that matters. Um, at the end of the day, you know, um, it, it was not a good Minnesota team we were playing and they definitely struggled. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to selection Sunday, they're not going to look at uh, what Minnesota's record was. They're going to look at the fact that Indiana did pull out the win. So, so that was um, good. Um, I, I, I thought too, I wanted to go back just a little bit. We, we talked a lot in the last post game show about Nicole Cardona Hillary and her hustle. And I saw it again from her tonight, a, a couple of times with her offensive rebounds and she did it almost right out of the, right out of the gate. So in that first quarter, just a little over two minutes in, um, she had another um, just giant hustle play to get an offensive rebound. And I think um, even make, making those rebounds off of her own missed shots, which I just think is great that um, she doesn't always just assume it's going in and that she follows it up and, and make sure that uh, she's really out there hustling. You know, I, she ended up with um, three steals tonight. Uh, which was still good, especially with the fact that I thought the way that Minnesota played with their offense, trying to really keep Nicole off of the, the ball handler, um, really probably limited her in her steals. And she still, I thought her defense was on point. In fact, finally towards the end, she seemed to be the one that was getting out on, on uh, Scalia to, uh, to get a hand in her face a little faster. But it took a while for our team to, to really seem to slow her down, which I don't know that we ever really slowed her down, I guess, but um, what other moments do you have that you wrote down? Um, just, just kind of bits and pieces. I just felt like that was kind of the way the game went, but I don't want to say too much about any of the individual kids or anything, because I, I'm sure we'll talk about some of them with the game ball and the hustle and also the stats when we get to the, to the stats here in a few minutes. But I guess we just also have to point out the fact that IU finished up on a 14 to nothing run over the, it was, it was 70 to 66. Minnesota hit a three with 441 to go. And so over the last four minutes and 41 seconds, IU goes on a 14-0 run to win by 10. Yeah. Yeah. That last segment after the the um, fourth quarter media timeout. So going into that timeout, we were um, down 67 to 64, only allowed them to score three points in that mm -hmm. last segment. And we scored 16 um, going on the 13, 13, uh, point run there. So yeah, that's the way you, if you're going to close them out, you're going to struggle. At least you come out and you don't give up. And that's the thing I think we've never seen from, from this team all year is they, they definitely don't give up. Um, and that showed up, showed up again and their veteran play showed up again. Um, overall, um, just, I guess maybe not necessarily a moment. I, I thought just generally they looked tired and I, I, again, speculating here, I wonder still, I think that two week layoff probably um, is they're still working their way back from it. We know that they were off for a while, you know, with some health issues and uh, they hadn't practiced for at least a week. They hadn't had a game for two weeks. And I think they're really um, just trying to get some of that rust off and getting back into game shape. But what are your what are your kind of um, more macro thoughts on that? You know, I think there's a lot to that. I mean, obviously, we're not around the program day to day, but I just got a real sneaking suspicion that they probably spent a good seven to 10 days 
of not being able to do any real conditioning work. Uh, I know you kind of listen to the broadcast and I, well, I know you listen to fish on the, you sync up fi- or, or you sync up, not fish. What am I saying? Yeah. Fi- you, you sync up the radio broadcast with your feet, with your feet. I don't, I was listening to the announcers. And by the way, the, the kids, the, it was a student you broadcast night. I thought the kids did an okay job and they were, they were students. They made some mistakes, but the production actually was a little bit better than some of the other BTN plus productions I've seen. Um, so kudos to the kids. Um, I, I just thought that they made a comment about that. It was almost like summer workouts that at times, because they just, you know, I don't think they were trying to get too many kids together at one time when they were getting together. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure there was, I, from what I took it, and I'm not sure when they were able to get to back to doing five on five work. So I, the one thing I think you get out of this, I, I enjoyed seeing Caitlin Peterson. To me, it's a, yeah. one of the meaningful, most nice seeing Caitlin Peterson get, um, make sure I have exactly right. She, she got 10 or, um, she had 13 minutes tonight. She had 13 minutes. And I thought, you know, this is a kid that, you know, you and I've talked a little bit about on and off, just kind of waiting for her to get more minutes. And tonight I thought she was productive in the 13 minutes that she had. So I I just think that they're going to have to play a little deeper into the bench a until they get Mac back and B until they get their legs back under them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And we we did we again saw Wisney again tonight too, again only four minutes in that first half, but you know, she still came in and uh, you know, was was trying to help. I think um Keandra Brown maybe wasn't quite on point again. I heard uh, the the broadcaster, the radio feed broadcaster, um had mentioned that evidently Coach Morin in her her pregame mentioned to him how she was really hard on Keandra after the Michigan game. And so I was really interested to see how she responded. And um, I still don't think it was quite there for her tonight. She ended up only playing 18 minutes. Um, she had three points um, for us and five rebounds and a, and a, and a foul. But it, it, it just wasn't her game against tonight. And so I'm hoping Keandra can really get back to what we were starting to see from her prior to their two-week break. And and the problem with the, when Keandra isn't p- giving us what she can normally give us is it makes Lex have to play more minutes at the five. Yeah. And Lex is truly, at, at best, she's truly four. I'm not sure what Lex's best position wouldn't be at a three. But with this group, that's really never been her normal position. But she, you know, she's forced to play the five and she's gotten it, you know, she's getting it out. She's doing everything she can, but she's really an undersized five. And so that's why we need Keandra to give us more than 18 minutes. Yeah, I agree. So... Well, speaking of numbers, um, I think maybe it's time then to go ahead and go inside the numbers and pick out some of our uh, stats and both team and individual that we really want to dive in, dive into a little bit more. I think that'll dove, dovetail into a lot of the conversations maybe we can have about both the team as a whole and individual players. But do you want to go first, Jeff? Yeah, I'm going to start out just kind of the team stat, and I'm going to go right to the fourth quarter, Kathy. Yeah. Nine for 12, 75% shooting in the fourth quarter. Um, we were struggling at halftime. I think I, I think I have it. I do have it here. Yeah. We were we 42%. were 42% in the first half and so not only were we nine for 12 in the fourth quarter overall four for four from the three-point line beyond the three-point line for a team that really doesn't shoot very well huge tonight and also five of six of the free throw line so just shooting across the board in that fourth quarter 
Yeah, it, it went, it, that's, yeah, that's right, because at, at the halftime, we were only shooting 42%, and I was really concerned about that because Minnesota was shooting 50%, and that's clearly on the wrong side of it. And we ended up um, flipping that, and our final field goal percentage there was 45% for Minnesota and 51 for us, and that included 50% for us total on three-point shooting with mm-hmm. 7 of uh, 14, and Alexi was 4 of 4 on, on three-pointers. So um, she really came up huge for us tonight. Um, and the other thing I was really concerned about with how we started was turnovers. Uh, in that first quarter, we had five turnovers, ended up the first half with only seven and then only 12 for the game. And if I remember correctly, 12 is their goal as a team. So they ended up really riding that ship pretty quickly. But I was getting pretty worried um, with five turnovers in that first quarter. We were definitely, that would make us on pace by my math to be 20. So um, that was not the way we wanted to be going. And ended up tying Minnesota in points off a turnover of 15 for us as well as 15 for them. So turning Minnesota over 14 and then 12 for us. So even in points. But um, what's another number for you, Jeff? Um, I'm going to go to, uh, uh, first to, to rebounding, Kathy, uh, the, as a team, we out rebounded Minnesota 34 to 27. Now, Minnesota's not the biggest team in the league, but after we got annihilated on the glass Monday night in Ann Arbor, you had to come back with at least a decent rebounding effort. If we hadn't won the rebounding effort time, if we just kept it close, I would have been happy, but to win the rebounding battle 34, 27, I thought was a big, was actually a pretty good sign. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I don't really have any other team stats. Are there other ones you want to talk about that we haven't talked about already? Well, Better, do, oh, free throws. I did want to point out free throws. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, um, because that we were hard on them. I think we were pretty pretty bad against Michigan, and tonight they definitely righted that ship as well, um, shooting 85% and 17 of 20 from the line. So I thought that was a good number. Part of the problem in Michigan was not just the percentage, but was the actual number. If I remember correctly, we only got one in that second half against Michigan, and they were much more aggressive tonight, um, including seeing our points in the paint finally being on the right side again with 26 points in the point for us and 20 for Minnesota. Again, um, without Mac, I think that's an important thing to keep an eye on. And I just want you, I was going to actually point out points in the paint. So thank you for doing Sorry. that, but no, you're fine. That, but I, I also Denny the, in the workaholics there in the, in the chat, um, talking about scored 80 points without our league score and didn't play very well, really for about three and a half quarters or at least three quarters of the game. And we had 27 points in the fourth quarter. So when it came winning time, the offense, cl- the, the offense got the job done. So I thought 27 points for a quarter, Yep. I mean, I put you on pace for 120. Now, obviously, we weren't doing that, but, you know, my math's not very good, but what that's not quite 120, but it's no. close. 108, 108, you know. What I think you're saying is they did the work. Yes, they did. <laughs> the quarter, right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, well, let's jump maybe into some individual stats. Um one I want to just start with is Grace Berger. So she came up with another really great game for us and a good double-double. Um, 19 points for Grace, 10 rebounds. Another just astounding number for me is her assist number. She's definitely leading the team in assists and had eight again tonight. And uh, and those are the type of things that until, at least for me, as I watch, Grace is like this quiet leader on the floor. She definitely, and she played all 40 minutes too. Um and then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, wow, okay, she just had a double-double and, and, and eight assists. So, you know, I and I 
the announcer again, um, Austin is his name on the radio. He's pointed out um, during that last time out, he goes, boy, I hope they're drawing up a way for, for Grace to be able to get two more assists and get that triple double. <laughs> so um, I, I thought her stat line was really good. And for the most part, you know, she was good. Still struggling a bit shooting five of 13. Um, but, but, you know, again, doing the other things that we need from Grace. Well, I'm, I'm going to kind of piggyback off a couple of things you just talked about. First of all, 18 assists as a whole on 28 made buckets. Pretty good ratio. Yeah. Not It's not it's not outstanding because you'd like to have a little more. And you and I were texting about this, and I mentioned this earlier. There are times right now where the ball's just sticking. There's no ball movement, and it's a lot of dribble at times, and, and that takes away assist opportunities because you're probably getting something late in the shot clock. I'm going to go right to Alexa Golby tonight. And, and, yeah. and – you know, yeah. I, 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 with being the co the host of the Grace Burger Show, I'm glad you, you kind of took Grace. I want people to think I'm biased, but uh, Lex, Lex had a career high tonight, 28 points. She goes four for four from beyond the arc, five rebounds, an assist, that huge assist that you talked about to Grace Wagner that put us ahead, and um, she played 39 minutes as well. And so, I, you know, Alexa Golbey just. To me, I've said this several times on here. To me, Lex is the one kid on the team that can do so many different things. I think sometimes we kind of take her for granted or that she may end up being, you know, kind of get lost in the shuffle because she's not always the leading scorer. She's not always the leading rebounder. But when you really dive into the things, when we're playing well, usually it's because Lex is playing well, and especially on the defensive end. And tonight, again, she only had one foul. And right now with Mac out and with Keandra not playing well tonight, the Lex being Lexa Lexa being able to stay on the floor, not being in foul trouble is a huge thing too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's flip over to somebody who may be on the opposite side of that, who did get into some foul trouble, and that's Allie Papberg. So uh, Allie tonight ended up with 11 points, but uh, nine of those came in the first half. Um, only two more in the second half, and that was a bucket she got in um, in the fourth quarter again during that run. I believe she was the one who. Uh, I think she might have put us in that last bucket to go up 10. But regardless, she had uh, four fouls. She did have four assists, but she had she led the team in turnovers as well, four turnovers, only one of four from, from three-point and five of 13 from the field overall. I, I thought tonight Allie just, again, was really struggling. Um, again, in our, in our chat, our text message that we have uh, between each other, I thought she we, we she dribbled a lot. She was mm -hmm. dribbling in over dribbling with not a lot of purpose behind her dribble. And I just would like to see her get back to being more um, crisp movement with the ball and passing and, and doing more alley things. It feels like maybe I don't know if she's pressing too much and, and it's, it's not coming to her right now. And it felt like that in the Michigan game as well. But what kind of thoughts do you have on Allie and her play tonight? Well, I, I agree. And we talked about this, as you mentioned, we were talking about this in the text that, that, and, and I, there were a couple the two or three where I felt like her shot selection wasn't very good, especially even in the first half when she had the nine, but her one bucket in the second half was that in the fourth quarter, she hit the bucket that pushed it out to, I believe a six point lead. And then um, and that, and make sure I got the right person. No, sorry. She pushed it out to an eight point lead. Yeah. She pushed out. And that's when I finally kind of felt comfortable. Don't get me wrong. Just the way we kind of played throughout the game. I kept waiting for Minnesota to hit a couple threes and all of a sudden it was going to be, you know, nip and tuck to the end. But when Allie hit that shot to push it out to eight, that's when I kind of felt, okay, 
yeah, this one's in the bag. But I, I agree, Kat. I just thought there, and that's probably the, you know, it, that was alluding to without trying to say it, you know, out loud was that Allie's the one more than anything, just the ball's sticking with her right now. Mm-hmm. And, and she's got to find a way to get moving. But there are others as well. It's just the, the crisp movement's not there. We're not getting paint touches as easily, even though we won the battle at the points of the paint. There was that the matchup zone tonight seemed to throw us a little bit, and we really didn't attack the middle, the high post of it very well. And I would like to have seen us do a little more of that, but it just the ball was kind of slow tonight. Yeah, I agree. In fact, I that was one of the moments I wrote down um, that I, I didn't bring up back in the meaningful moments. But since we're talking about Ali anyway, as well as not um, are struggling to get the ball in with the zone, I thought there was a point in the third quarter where Keandra Brown actually had really good position, and Ali was out on the three point line, and she didn't try to push um, throw it in at all. She looked at her and then came back and tried to shoot a three. Ended up getting blocked instead, and, and I thought that was just kind of indicative of the night we saw from Ali's, where instead of trying to maybe if that was Mac, maybe she would have felt more comfortable trying to get the ball down to her, but it just seems like maybe she's feeling a little more uncomfortable running the offense without Mac out there. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and we, we talked a little bit about Nicole Cardano Hillary yep. a little bit, but you know, she finished up with 14 points, six rebounds, five assists, uh, three steals in 39 yep. minutes. So, I mean, we had four kids in double figures tonight and we needed them all. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we did end up getting five points from our bench, which were an important, important five points. And I think more important than that, I thought Caitlin Peterson and Grace Wagner, especially off the bench, came in and really gave good energy. And it may not show up necessarily in the stat score, but we got 13 points from from Caitlin and 10 points from Grace. And I thought all 23 minutes from the two of them collectively were very important minutes to this game tonight. Um, and we needed that from them. So overall, um, and Chloe Moore McNeil got seven. And we talked about um, Wisney as well already. But yeah, especially Grace Wagner and, and um, Caitlin Peterson, I thought they were important. Yeah, I just think that uh, to me, that's a little bit of a concern. The, maybe this is more of a lingering storyline that I'll kind of hit early, just that you had three kids play 39 minutes or 40 minutes tonight against a team yeah. that was, what, three and eight in the league coming in. And, and that can't be what they were hoping. No. Nope, not at all. So, um, all right, anything else number-wise, either individually um, we haven't talked much about Minnesota. We did have um, Scalia. We've mentioned yeah. already. She normally averages 16 points, 26 tonight. The other interesting fact I heard on the radio was that uh, Minnesota's second highest scorer had just transferred, announced transferring in January from Minnesota. She was second highest scoring for the team. So um, she decided to transfer sometime in mid-January. So that was that was interesting as well. Um, but they had um, – Bagwell off of their bench actually come in and get a career high and ended up scoring 10 points for them too. And I thought that was big. The interesting thing for me with Minnesota is just the number of people that scored um, all five uh, of their starters plus um, their bench outscored our bench 20 to five. So they had, you know, what, three, yeah, three players off their bench as well. that had seven, 10 and um, three points collectively. So I, I thought um, they actually had, it was surprisingly to me, I, I wasn't expecting that from Minnesota. They had a wide range of people scoring for them. 
Yeah, and and let's say something's for Scalia. At least it was saying they showed on the TV broadcast. If the, if they had the numbers right, she's shooting sixty two percent from the for the year from beyond the three point line. I'm <laughs> like, you got to be kidding, sixty two percent. But she she was on fire tonight. The only thing I again, we finally did a little bit of it toward the end, but not. And even then, it wasn't great. I, I was con- I was texting you and, and Ari about. I would have face guard her. I would have been like Nikki or Grace or somebody up in her shirt. Yeah up in her shirt and you don't leave you don't go help everybody else has to be responsible and they know you're not coming to help and and again that's just my philosophy but boy she was hitting some deep shots now and she looked comfortable doing it though yeah she sure did so all right any other any other stats nope i'm good on stats (laughs) all right cool all right well let's move on then so you're listening to doing the work the post game um the doing the work, the IU women's post game show. So you can catch us live following most uh, IU women's game and you can find us at assemblycall.com. Um, also make sure you sign up for our free IU hoops news email newsletter. It comes out every Sunday as well as after each men's um, game. And we currently have 9,000 and very close to 10,000 people subscribed to us. So go out to assemblyjoin.assemblycall.com and you can join there for free. Um, again, I'm Kathy Amos here with my co-host Jeff Marlowe, and we're breaking down Indiana's win tonight, 70 to 80 over Minnesota. So now it's time for our game balls. Um, <laughs> Jeff, I'll throw it to you first. I feel like this one might be pretty quick and easy, but what do you, what do you have for us? Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Lex. I, I mean, I, I just really thought tonight that she carried us a lot of the way because even though I know we played well in the fourth quarter, it was Lex hitting some timely shots in the first three quarters. I felt like kept us close. So I already mentioned her stats, uh, 28 points, but she was 11 for 15 from the field overall. She only missed four shots. She was four of four from beyond the arc, two of two at the line. So uh, I'm going to go with Lexa Golbay as, uh, for the game ball tonight. Yeah, me too. That was that was pretty easy. I think I wrote her name down pretty pretty early into the second half, somewhere probably in the late third quarter. Especially once once I knew she had a career night, and uh, I didn't even need to look at her stat line. You could just viscerally, to ta- take one of Jared's words, viscerally feel it <laughs> as you're watching the game. She just had a great game, and I think she won that game for us. So, um, all right. So that is actually Lexi's first um, game ball, believe it or not, for us. Um, so past game balls, Mac had three, Nicole had two, Allie with two, and Grace Berger with two, and this is Lexi's first one. So now it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award, which is sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services. Um, Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and in- individuals throughout in- Indiana. And remember, prevention cannot be measured, so let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. Again, EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. So I, I think with our Hoosier Hustle Award, there's probably a couple different ways we could we could think about going this way. That's this tide. But what which way are you heading, Jeff? Well, I, it, this is a tough one because I think you could go about three different people here. But to me, it's hard to uh, overlook a kid who played 40 minutes and finished up with a near triple-double of 19 points, 10 rebounds, and eight assists. Um, and, 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 and kudos, Grace Wagner provided a big lift off the bench. I'll give that. But just have a hard time, you know, Grace is just always out there. And, you know, she's doing, you know, the things that help us win. And so I'm going to go with Grace Berger here. 
Sure. Um, <laughs> well, I think we'll have to see what the, the chat mob says, because I actually wrote down Grace Wagner. I was debating with Grace Berger as well, but I, I did go with um, Grace Wagner in this case, <laughs> um, just because I'm thinking about, again, the hustle award. And I think that hustle that Grace Wagner came in and really provided a spark off the bench, having three blocks um, were crucial. And um, I thought in the end, and her defense really um, just sparked us, I thought to go up. So I'm going for Grace Wagner. So we'll see what we have in the chat here. So we have one. workaholics, workaholics, let's hear you. I see a couple for Grace. I see a couple for, well, for Grace Berger. I see a couple for Grace Wagner too. So yeah, I see two Wagner, one Burger. Um, I'm not sure, Denny. You said Hillary. I'm not <laughs> for or Nicole. Okay. Nicole. Yep. Uh, all right. So we, I think we got more Grace Burger. So I, I totally get that. I was debating myself. So we'll go with Grace. I uh, Burger. <laughs> So, sorry, we need to remember we have multiple Grace. All right, so for Grace Berger, um, that's four for her. And we have one each for Mac, Nicole, Keandra, Alexa, Chloe, and Grace Wagner as well. So congratulations to, to Grace Berger. All right, um, Jeff, what else? Any other lingering storylines specific to this game that you want to uh, to talk about? Just the one lingering storyline I have right now, Kathy, is just we've struggled for the two games this week coming off the COVID. Can we finally get back a little bit to maybe the way we played at Purdue and which who we have on Sunday? You know, before the COVID shutdown, Mac missed that game. Tough game up at West Lafayette, but we played pretty well offensively and defensively and came out of there winning that game in overtime. But we looked a whole lot better that game than we have really since coming out of the COVID shutdown. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. That's my biggest storyline too. Can we get kind of back on track? And I, uh, I'm hoping these last three minutes and 45 seconds that we played tonight, that's, that's going to hopefully lead into the game on Sunday that, and hopefully the crowd being back, I'll be there in person. Um, snow permitting me to, to drive there from Iowa with my husband. My mom is coming up from, from Southern Indiana. Um, so uh, I'm very excited to see what the crowd does for that game as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think that maybe had a factor in it. It didn't seem to for Minnesota, but you never know um, with these types of things. But yeah, that's me as well. Lingering storylines. How can we continue to adjust without Mac and getting just back on track after the long layoff? And Kathy, I'll say I had not heard this. You pointed it out in the chat to somebody who was asking um, that I was hoping – my feeling is you need Mac back by the end of the Big Ten season. You really, you really don't want to go into the Big Ten tournament with her having not played. I, even if she only plays a handful of minutes at a time, she gets you know maybe three minutes, four minutes, a half, or, or those last couple games of the Big Ten season. I, I think that's better than if you just bring her in for the first time that week of the Big Ten tournament. I'd like right. to work off some of that rust. And you made the comment I was getting back to is yeah. you made the comment that Coach Morin seemed to allude she was a little bit ahead of schedule schedule so maybe we might get her back before that because if you can get her back and work some of the rust off before that iowa maryland till you know i we have iowa maryland right at the end of the year and caitlin clark by the way i pointed this out on the other side on ac radio another triple double tonight for caitlin yep. clark i mean she's hands down got to be the women's player of the year but right. that's a team but they lose the other night um 
to um, who did I watch them yesterday? Um, uh, Ohio, Ohio State. Ohio State. They lose to Ohio State at home. So yeah. if we can get Mac back, you know, if she is a little ahead of schedule, man, that'd be huge for a chance yeah. to maybe figure out a way to get at least a one or a two seed in the Big Ten tournament. Right now, we're chasing Michigan, and I yep. know we don't play them again. But to me, I, I thought that becomes a little bit maybe not a lingering storyline, but that's kind of a key question: is when exactly can we get her back? Yeah, I, I, that's what Austin told me on the radio tonight is that <laughs> Coach Morin told him that Mac is ahead of schedule with a rehab and that they're hoping she will come back in the next few weeks. So, that's good. That's yeah, good. a few weeks would be great timing for us, wouldn't it? So cool. All right. Um, anything else you want to talk about specific to this game? No, I'm good. Okay. Well, let's preview our upcoming opponent. We've talked about it a little bit already. Um, our next show um, is going to be against uh, after the Purdue game on Sunday. Jeff is going to be flying solo on this one because, as previously mentioned, my husband and I will be at the game physically, so I won't be able to to help Jeff do a, a show. But if, for those of you, if you do um, pony up for Big Ten Plus right now anyway, it's on Big Ten Plus. Um, the game starts at 1 p.m. Eastern or 12 Central. You can stream also the radio feed through what's, um, they're tune, tuned in or any place like that. But for, again, a reminder, Purdue is still currently unranked. They are right now 13 and 8. They were supposed to have a game tomorrow against Northwestern, but it looks like it got postponed. Um, overall, I'm sorry, Purdue is 10 and 12 overall, and they're 4 and 6 in the conference. Um, just a reminder, we did play Purdue once already on January 16th in West Lafayette, and we beat them in overtime 63 to um, 70 excuse me, 73 to 68. <laughs> and uh, the Hoosiers have uh, won six in a row in that series now and are nine of 10 in the last few games. So that's how we're shaking out right now for, for women on the assembly call side. Um, this Saturday, they are actually going to have their next show, which will actually be live from Switchyard Brewing in Bloomington. So if you're around, um, try to, to, to check out the, the assembly call Twitter feed because right now they're at capacity but you'll be able to at least watch them live if you can't. So that is after the Illinois game on Saturday. And again, you're listening to the Doing the Work IU Post Game Show. One last reminder, please go to um, homefieldapparel.com and check our friends out there. You can, again, use the promo code HOME to get 15% off your first order. All right, Jeff, it's time for last call. So what kind of closing thoughts and statements do you have for us to, to go out on? Well, I know we, we, we've been talking about how they didn't play their best, but to me, I've said this before, even here or over on some of the men's shows, that you're not always going to play your best. And good teams, especially teams that are shorthanded, have to find a way to win when they aren't playing their A game. And they obviously didn't do that tonight. But – they stuck around long enough. They didn't get blown out at home. They didn't get so far behind they couldn't make a run. They were able to stay close enough. They found the, They found whatever it was, the energy, the mojo, whatever phrase you like. They found it in that last five minutes, and that was enough to get them a win. And at the end of the day, like you mentioned, Kathy, at the end of the day, the resume is not going to matter whether you won by 10 by 1. It's just a matter it's going to be a W rather than an L. And so – Nothing harmed tonight. They stay in the Big Ten race. They stay in, in contention for a top four NCAA tournament seed, which ideally we'd like to be a one or a two. But right now, a top four seed gets you home for that first weekend of the NCAA tournament. So 
they did that. And, and so at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Just, as Al Davis used to say, just win, baby. Just win. That's right. And on to the next one. So on the next one we go, and it's a big one, right? And it, Purdue is always a big game for us, a rival game. Um, again, um, I mentioned I'm going to be at the game. Uh, one of the things, if you're going to either the men's game on Saturday or the women's game on Sunday, Jared on Saturday is trying to organize a group picture, and I will be doing the same on Sunday during halftime. Um, so be sure to watch the Assembly Call feed, um, Twitter feed for that, um, to figure out where we're at for Meetup. We'd love to, to meet you and get a picture for um for our community and to, to post out on some social media and whatnot. So, um, but overall, you know what, it's a win. And I, I was so nervous for this going in, into that fourth quarter. I really wasn't sure what was going to happen, but boy, they, they gritted it out again. And it just shows just like the Purdue game, the first time we played Purdue, you shouldn't give up on this team ever because they don't give up on themselves and they find ways to win. And that is the most important thing at the end of the day. Yes, it is. And yep. one last thing is like Brian points out in the in the workaholics in the chat, beat Purdue. Beat Purdue. Absolutely. <laughs> Great. All right. And that I think will do it, everyone. So if you want to see us shoot do the show live and be part of our live chat, the workaholics, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. And don't forget to also go to join.assemblycall.com to get our free newsletter. Um, a special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logos. And thank you all for listening. Thank you for those in the chat tonight, especially. You're very active. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back again to talk IU Hoops with you on Sunday night, um, Sunday afternoon, or at least Jeff will be. <laughs> Until then, keep your elbows in, your eyes on the rim, and let's go Hoosiers. Oh, nice job. Thanks. Nice job. And thanks, everybody out there for the kind words in the chat. We appreciate it. I'm glad everybody's enjoying the show. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Hey, what time are you leaving tomorrow? Um, we haven't quite decided. I think we're leaning around 730-ish our time. Um, so we have that. We're losing an hour, so that's eight. It's normally an eight-hour drive with good road conditions, and we're expecting it won't be the whole way, obviously. Um, when I checked earlier, um, as I was watching the day, the roads are completely fine between here and Champaign. Um, so, which is really has a little past the halfway point for us because usually Peoria is about halfway for us and Champaign's just past that. So most of our drive is going to be pretty good. It's going to be once we get to Champaign. Um, and I was looking before we jumped on here, it's, it looks like they got the plows out in Indiana. You can go out to their website and see where all the little orange plows are on the map. And like the whole map is full of orange plows now. So that made me happy. <laughs> yeah, the wind is finally, I was just checking my phone while I was watching the AC radio guys and the wind has dropped here about 10 to 15 miles an hour yeah. since yeah. I, it was earlier. But just be careful. How do you come across? Yeah. Is that 80? Is that how you come across? 74. So, oh, so, yeah. so I'll start in 80 here in Des Moines and we take that over to the Quad Cities, which is like Moline, that area. And then we pick up 74 and we shoot down through through uh, Peoria and Champaign. Okay. And usually um, we get over to 231 and then go down through Crawfordsville. Oh, now 231. If you came north, you come, you come far, far enough north, you'd come to Rensselaer. There you go. And if you keep going all the way south, 231 went through my hometown in Huntingburg. So. Yeah. Well, at one point, there was a time when 231 was basically the main route through the west central part of the state like that. So Yeah, that's what my mom told me. So. It's kind of worth the old Monon, especially from like Bloomington to up here. 
that's mm -hmm. kind of where the old Monon, basically the old Monon Railroad line, basically ran okay. along right with basically what would become 231. I mean, so that's kind of where that kind of came from. But anyway, um, okay. just be careful. Yeah, yeah. We're, We're on this truck, and you know, like I said, most of the time they do a, usually a pretty good job once the snow stops of getting those interstates cleared because they want those trucks back out there to you know deliver us our Amazon packages. So um, <laughs> you're usually pretty good about the interstates. I'm more concerned about once I get off. So I'm not. A, I'll keep an eye out again. Usually yeah. Sean does most of the driving. I'll, I'll keep an eye on. Ari's, Ari's probably got some good advice here. I wouldn't go down 231 to this time. Yeah, I'd go straight, straight to Indy and pick up 37, which with it basically being 69 now and at least open yeah. to Bloomington all the way, you, you probably are better off that way. Might yeah, be a little bit longer I trip. I was like, ah, well, I'm going to keep an eye and see if they get 231 clear at all. And if not, then we're going to go all the way to Indy this time. Huntingburg, Denny Huntingburg was the happy hunters back in the day. That's it's right. now Southridge High School, the Raiders, but they were the Huntingburg happy hunters, I think it was. Long time ago. Long yeah. time ago. But Long hey, the one thing I always, you always got to love about Huntingburg, it's one of those classic Indiana towns where they built a gym bigger than yep. the town so they could get the sectional and the regional away from Jasper. Love that story. <laughs> that was That is so true. They built that in the 50s. And at the time, uh, yeah, so it seats over 6,000 people. And at the time that they built it in the 50s, I think our population was 4,500. Mm -hmm. uh, we're just now up to 6,000. So, and I have been there for some sold out games where they've had to put up temporary bleachers and stuff. So that and was a lot of fun. And if I recall, I've never actually been in there. I just know people who've told me about it. And I know the story, but it's sunken, right? You yeah. walk in at the top, the, the top rows at the floor, at that ground level, right? Exactly. Yep. That's you walk in and you're at the top and then the gym is, is sunk underneath. So yeah, the, uh, the fun fact with um, Southridge is that there were two twins that played in 87, 86 by the Patberg. name of Rick and Ron Patberg. Allie is the, the yeah. daughter of Ron Patberg. So yeah. Quang, Quang says, I know my long time ago, Quang, I'm a history teacher and I love Indiana high school basketball history. I've tried to do a little podcast a couple of, about a year or so ago, but I just didn't have the time to keep it going. My first one was on Everett Case, who was the grand old man, the grand coach of the early classic uh, Indiana high school before he went to North Carolina state. So, yeah. um, but anyway, um, just be careful, like I said, and yeah. we're going to try and come down. I think if they can get 65 right now, we're still, we're still out of school tomorrow up here, but sure. Um, yeah. But hopefully get six, if they can get 65 open, I think we can make it down Saturday. So, yeah. 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 You know, that's the nice thing, you know, we're not leaving too terribly early and it's really eight o'clock, you know, Bloomington time. So, Hopefully by the time we get over there, um, they'll have plenty of time to have gotten the roads clear. So I'm not too terribly concerned about it. So all right, well, I got a, I got a reservation. I mean, Jay Jay Horry is actually having dinner with me and Sean, so I don't want to let mediocre Jay. Know. Mediocre Jay, I was say, or just if you're late, he can just you know. Get you without us. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, you guys be careful. I hope to see you Saturday. I hope to see you Saturday too. And thanks to all the the people in the chat tonight. They're super active. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys, thanks for everybody being here. We'll see you Sunday after the Purdue game. Yep, take care.